Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, it's Brittany. And Windsor. And you're listening to Thanks, I Hate It, a social commentary podcast for two friends shoot the shit about social issues, throw shade at unsuspecting Target, at drink at my favorite bar, the bar. Charlie's. Hey, <laughs> and talk about aliens. <laughs> this is not my favorite bar, actually. Oh, God, that looks like a honky-tonk Trump rally bar. Oh, we gonna talk about it. We're gonna talk about it. There is literally six American it. flags on there. That is a red flag right there. Mm-hmm. And I think this little sign on the other side, this little sign. Did it say I Marlboro? That, that's what I think it says. Uh, no, that's Budweiser. That's Budweiser. So that's another red flag. In my mind, it says Marlboro. <laughs> it, look at, it looks like a... Cigarette pack. It does, but that looks like a bee. But yes, we drink from the bottom shelf. Clink, clink! Yay! Wow. That was unnecessary. <laughs> <laughs> So to take the words from Thanks for Coming podcast, we are back, back, back again. Back, back, baggity back. This time with our monthly true crime paranormal episode. As you can see from our backgrounds. Shit's gonna get insane. I'll say that way. So yes, yeah, so- say that way. I gotta take a <laughs> screenshot. Say that way. Okay, perfect. So we are back with our monthly true crime supernatural episode. We are in the month of May, and it's this my month- birthday month. It is Alaska's birthday month. Last week's birthday. Was- month. Last week was my birthday. We forgot to mention it on the other podcast, on the other episode. I am another, I went another year around the sun. I am older now. Well, maybe I could get like a little, little Abby, Abby action. Okay. Do that throughout the entire episode and let me know how it goes. No, I'll get dizzy. I drank too much. Okay. So this month we are doing our supernatural true crime episode in the great last frontier state of alaska it's actually not the last state in the union it was not the last state colonized by the united states but it is called the last frontier state because it's fucking far out there Mm, we're far out there like 
honestly, I wouldn't mind going to visit in the summer because they honestly, it is one of the most beautiful states in the country. She cute. But only in the summer. And I will not stay for more than four nights, five days. Why is that? Because because I our feel entire like that's where people go to disappear and die. Period. And that's what we'll be talking about today. Disappearing and dying. Maybe. I don't know. Disappearing for sure. But before we get into that, um, Windsor, are you drinking anything? I, another not paid ad from New England Cider Company. Um, I'm drinking their strawberry cider and I did not add vodka this time. Cute. So I am not drinking anything because it took me so long to be able to get into the bathroom to pee that I didn't have time to run to my kitchen. So I'm eating Starburst. But then you have, but then you have me where my recording space is now in my second kitchen, which is, uh, actually, uh, my snack kitchen. It's where we hide all of our snacks because it's basically in our bedroom and we can monitor the snacks so snacks snacks and i have my own bathroom down here snacks snack okay hey how you doing i've been better i just hear a good on the background <laughs> your ghost said good i love it OMG, i love it OMG, i love it, it. So yeah, this month we are in um, Alaska. We are chilling out in the last frontiers today. Windsor, do you have any um, fun facts about Alaska? Because I actually, do. I did find some. Um, I closed it out, so I'm gonna pause again and find it again. Um, because I know you do not have 49, and there's a baby right behind me. So if you hear a little, dun, 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 she's playing my phone. So, uh, I have so. Did you know that Alaska contains more than 100 volcanoes and volcanic fields which have been active within the last two million years? I did not know that, which is not surprising. There's a lot I don't know. Fun fact Alaska's largest lake, Lake Ili, um. let me, oh, Lake Iliamna. Lake Iliamna is about as long as Connecticut. So their lake is my whole state. That's and, a magic word, Connecticut. Yay. Yay. And depending on who you believe, there's also a legendary monster. And it says, or maybe just a sleeper shark, but more likely it's a whale penis. Ew. Because did you know that mostly every sea monster that they have ever seen is really just a whale penis? I do now. You do now. The more you know. I didn't want to know that. Well, you know now. I did not know that when Russia sold to Alaska, when Russia sold Alaska to the U.S. for sale of $7.2 million, it was they sold it to the states for only two cents per acre. The deals was initially ridiculed and called the Seaward's Folly and other names in the press. When gold was found in 1898, people flocked to the region and now Alaska celebrates Seaward's Day on March 30th to commemorate the sale and say fuck you to the haters. And 
feel like it's the white Alaskans doing that because. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, is there anybody but white Alaskans? Yeah, there's like the actual I'm... natives on the land. Oh, oh, I thought you were talking about like other than natives. Oh no, <laughs> no, the act. That's what I was talking about. The actual natives. That... Oh, I thought I was like they have black hispanic and asian people in alaska more than like two yeah but yeah it's it's very arkansas oh yeah so and we were talking about why i wouldn't stay long the highest temperature recorded in alaska was 100 degrees in 1915 so i mean that's okay we've been to la we've been here we've been to georgia the lowest temperature recorded was negative 80 degrees yep it was cold it was cold and if um i believe did we we did not touch on it i was touching on it with my daughter's friend so when you're at cruising altitude in an airplane you're only about negative 40 degrees oh shit yeah so that that's rural cold so Brittany, what kind of facts do you have about Alaska where she can see Russia from her house (laughs) I almost wrote that all right so like I said before (laughs) 6,000 times Alaska is known as the last frontier state it was the 49th state colonized by the United States meaning that we said fuck your people we are taking over we are buying you from someone else it feels like land slavery yeah so basically Russia stole it from the indigenous or they may have stole it from someone else who stole it from the indigenous. And then uh, we basically stole it from them at two cents a share. Exactly. Um, the cost of goods in Alaska is higher than in the lower 48 because you have to account for like transportation. Yeah, probably like there. Hawaii. Oh, we really fucked Hawaii. Like, let me tell you. We did. Um, Juneau, the state's capital, is the only U.S. capital in the United States not accessible by road. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. That one kind of freaked me out. Alaska is the 48th most populous state in the United States. Followed by the Dakotas? I think so, probably. Or like Wyoming. And so while it is the largest state land-wise, not a lot of people up in that bitch Mm -hmm. because it's cold. Yes. Alaska. Oh, go ahead. I just I just saw another fun fact that actually adds on to that. If Manhattan had the same population density yep. as Alaska, only 16 people would live in Manhattan where there's like a million people per square block. And I that actually sounds like it would be kind of interesting. Yeah, could you except imagine? only in its current state, not in like Alaska state. No, you have to have like all the buildings and stuff, and then you don't have to worry about traffic and shit. Anyways, um, Alaska is home to a number of serial killers, including Israel Keys, who's reported to have traveled around the country undetected, burying kill kits. And um, what else would you do in Alaska? Well, no, and just, I mean, be born there because that's what he was. And killing um, random people. I mean, he went around the country and he killed random people. And I read a book about him a while ago and I almost did him for Alaska crimes. But one, so many people have done Israel Keys. And two, I just think he's a pretentious asshole. Um, So I didn't want to talk about him. 
And then there's Robert Hansen, who is, in my opinion, a Zachary Quinto wannabe. Um, I will post a side-by-side when this episode is coming out. But he was a local baker who abducted a large number of women, generally sex workers. He would take them into the wilderness and hunt them for sport. Well, um, um, that's terrifying. Like that episode of Criminal Minds. It's fucking nasty. And uh, yeah, I was going to say they definitely did an episode of Criminal Minds on that. Yep, just watched it because I am binging Criminal Minds again right now because mental illness is real. Um, last but certainly Hawaii Five O. Ooh, I like it. Um, last but not least, a Alaska has the most per capita missing persons in the United States. So, meaning that based on its population, the percentage of missing persons is higher in Alaska than it is in the rest of the country. And it's kind of like when you say. Um, Please stop Black people disproportionate to their status in the population. Um, people go missing in Alaska disproportionate to what they should just based on the number of people that are there. And so missing persons is actually what we're talking about. Today. Yeah. So tell me more about Alaska and not Alaska Thunderfuck. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you about missing people in Alaska but before I do we are going to take a quick break so that you can listen to these words from our friends so did you guys know that we have a Patreon account throughout the month we will drop special bonus episodes for our Patreon subscribers including episodes of our world renowned short podcast that's not what we're talking about if you feel like you've been that bitch are still that bitch and or will forever be that bitch drop in on our patreon at patreon.com backslash t-i-h-i podcast and sign up today you can get in on the bottom floor the one dollar level we also have a three and five dollar level don't miss out on a chance to get free stickers Here's some snippets that didn't make it into our episodes, request upcoming topics, and get exclusive first access to merchandise when it becomes available. OMG, we love Patreon. Have you heard of Buy Me a Coffee? Buy Me a Coffee is an easy way to support your favorite creator, <coughs> us obviously, or artist. With no monthly subscriptions necessary, it's super simple to support your faves when and only when you want and are able to. If you like what you hear, help keep the last rolling and glasses filled by buying Brittany Estella Rosa or Windsor Starbucks at buymeacoffee.com forward slash T-I-H-I podcast. OMG, we love you and we love Buy Me A Coffee. And now back to the show. Did you know that Alaska has more coastline than the rest of the U.S. combined? That it has more than 34,000 miles of coastline? No. And this website has the audacity and the caucasity to say that's all beach with none of the crowds like anybody's going to the beach in Alaska. Right. Um, sir. Anyway, and it is the only state to have coastlines on three different seas, the Arctic, Pacific, and the Berlin Sea. I didn't even Benita, know that the Burring Sea was a thing. Penta and the Santa Maria. Maria. <laughs> in um, 1692, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Okay. Anyway, as we were saying, tell me more about missing people in Alaska because you said this is a problem. 
So I told you that missing people in Alaska is a problem. And so I want to tell you two different stories about missing children specifically. Um, if missing children is a trigger for you, this is not the episode for you. Um, never a good time to have missing people, but I am talking Come about- Come back in about 20, 25 minutes when we're talking about just not scary stuff, not missing children stuff. Exactly. So the first story I want to tell you is the story of Amy and Scott Fandel. Okay. So this story takes place in Sterling, Alaska. And this beautiful building behind me, if you are on Patreon and you're watching this video, is it's a major player in this story. Who brought their children to Showgirls? So I'm going to get to it. Is their roof collapsing on that car? I'm going to get to it. Okay. I'm actually not going to get to that. I don't fucking know. <laughs> that part I don't know about. I think it's just a weird roof line. It's just a weird roof line. This It's Alaska. Yeah, they did what they could. They did what they so could. This actually looks like a bar that I saw on Forensic Files when it was a murder of a mother. Oh, my God. <laughs> Is it the same bar? I don't think so, but now I want to find could out. Be. Who knows? It's Alaska. I mean, it's There's a five bar bars. and it's Alaska. So it sounds like, I think it, we're going to say it is. We're going to say it is. Executive yeah, decision, it, it is. It probably is. I'm going to look it up. Uh, uh, you keep talking. I'm going to look it up. Okay. So Margaret Fandel, Scott Fandel, and Amy Fandel lived in Sterling, Alaska in the 1970s. So Margaret was from Illinois, but she transitioned to Alaska at some point. I couldn't find a lot of information about her transition mm -hmm. to Alaska. So Margaret, Margaret was married to Roger Fandel. He was the father of Amy and the stepfather of Scott. I don't have any information about Scott's father. It's the 1970s, very free love. Who even knows who he was? Margaret probably does, but we don't. Sorry about it. So they were married. They lived in Alaska together. They lived off of a lake in a very wooded area and a cute little two-bedroom cabin. So Margaret and Roger were married until January of 1978 when they separated and immediately after their separation, Roger moved out to Arizona. So the family, the mother and the father were from the lower 48. And so they transitioned back and forth to the lower 48 a lot. So all we have left in the two bedroom cabin off the lake in a very wooded area are margaret scott and amy so mm -hmm. scott being the little boy amy being the little girl so in 1978 scott was 13 and amy was eight and it's reported that scott was actually very much his sister's protector so anytime anything was going on he was just like nope not with my sister he sang that song um i don't remember what Broadway show it was from, but it was like, not while I'm around. That's the only words I know of the song. That Blaine Anyways. sang when Kurt was in the hospital bed. No one's gonna hurt you. Yes! Not while <laughs> I'm around. I think it's from Sweeney Todd. Yeah, it is. Okay. Oh, ew. Because that, in my opinion, I think he sang that to his daughter. <sighs> Ryan Murphy really ruins songs. But Jared just the fuck out of them, though. 
He really did. I I have never rewatched any of that season, but that's not what we're talking about. So there are reports that the breakup between Margaret and Roger was pretty brutal, um, that they were dragging each other through the mud, talking all kinds of shit to each other while he was in Arizona. So, you know, they had those calling cards and they were just spending money to yell at each other while they were breaking up. So we got Margaret and the kids in Alaska alone. That's the only people that live in Alaska. So in September of 1978, Margaret's sister, Kathy Schoenfelder, came to visit from Illinois, where Margaret was from. So again, from the lower 48. So she comes in September. Um, she gets there on the evening of September 4th. On that same evening, Margaret, Kathy, and the children went to a local bar and restaurant called Good Luck Charlie's. And it's apparently it now a... Showgirls strip club. That's so okay. not at the time. Now they do. Um, at the time, it was just a bar and grill. So the kids were eating. The mom and her sister were drinking. It's the seventies. Everybody's having a good time. Think very like Fuddruckers or TGI Fridays. Something where you and your family can go and 99 have a good time. Ninety nine restaurant. <laughs> Ninety nine restaurant is so salty. Like every time I go there, they oversalt my food, I but under season say- it. We went on the other day, and it was actually really good. Interesting. Okay, so maybe I didn't give it enough chances. I don't know. But it's very much, think, your local spot where you can go get a decently priced meal, and your kids can have fun because it's loud, and maybe they yeah, give them Yeah, and it's usually like you buy a meal your kids eat free. Exactly. And so in my mind, that's what happened because Margaret has to be frugal. Because, because they live a piece of shit. and they also live in Alaska and how many jobs are ten dollars in Alaska. So so there's um, reports that this town is along what was like the Alaska pipeline at the time. And so there are actually a lot of work and a lot of people coming into town to do that work. And that's what I feel like um, I hear about a lot in Alaska. So you hear about like fishing, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though this pipeline is, I guess, can permanently closed or whatever at the time it was a big deal because the u.s was going through that major oil crisis like i don't think any of us or anybody that listens to our show was alive during the time but there were actually a time in u.s history where you had to plan the day of the week that you were going to go get gas because we were in an oil crisis it was before we declared war on iraq to go steal their oil like and well which was before. the this was only the 70s. reason why we went to war with iraq don't let Period. them you don't believe the hype we were not trying to save our anyways why are we still there then (laughs) period so around 10 p.m margaret and kathy took the children home so they dropped the kids off at the family's secluded cabin and then the two ladies headed back out for the night which i mean yes before you say anything it was a different time and it was the middle of nowhere who was coming for them this was in the 1970s, yeah. in yep. the fucking 1990s. I was the, still getting left home alone. The only risk that those children honestly really had, um, besides obviously this one in a million issue, was a fire. Frostbite. Yeah, oh. It was a fire. <laughs> like, there's nobody around. It's secluded. You know, there's well, not so that there many are people, people in the community around. anyway. 
there are people around in that. I'm getting into that next. Okay. So, but no mom shaming because yeah, listen, exactly. It was a this different was time. Was the 19 fucking 70s. I don't even think they had seatbelts. No. Damn it. So while Just the ladies were out, trunk. that's good. Start them honestly. Give them a cigarette. Sit them in the passenger seat and let's go. Exactly. So. While the ladies were out, um, it's presumed that they went back out to drink and have a good time. The kids went next door to their neighbor's house. So they did have some neighbors, the Lumpton, the Lumpton family. Okay, so they went to go be supervised. They went to go play with their kids. Um, it was 10-ish, so at night. And we'll find out later that this was a school night, which that's the only part that drove me crazy. That but, is the only part that drove me crazy like was in the, the school summer, night part. Yeah, in the summer, that wouldn't be any big deal, especially if <laughs> exactly. you're already up. Like, whatever, just go in the basement. Don't exactly. wake me up. Go to sleep. That was the only part that bothered me was later we find out this was a school night. Anyways, so the ladies went back out. Um, the kids ran next door to play with the neighbors. Um they played for a while, and then sometime after 11 p.m., the children returned to their own house. So their neighbors observed that there were lights on in the house about 11.45, but after the children initially left their home, they did not see the children again. So they saw this light, but they didn't actually see the kids. So Margaret and Kathy, her sister, returned to the home about 2 a.m. So they had been drinking hard. They'd been having a good time visiting her sister because, remember, this Margaret's out in Alaska. You can't just see her every day. She's out in Alaska. So we got to have a good time when you're here. So then when, when they returned, Kathy, the sister, went straight to sleep. She was like, I'm fucking exhausted. I got off a plane. We went drinking. I'm going to bed. Margaret is going to go to sleep, but she observes a pot of boiling water that is on the stove. So she sees this pot of boiling water and she notices that there's some macaroni and a can of open tomatoes on the counter, which that she says is a late night snack that scott likes to eat before he goes to sleep well why didn't he eat it bitch this my whole problem was this is a whole process one that's like heavy as fuck for a late night snack you gotta get up boil water make macaroni throw tomatoes in it you're gonna eat it and then go back to sleep i just go in i just pick out of something that's already cooked that i really should heat up and still tastes like shit but I just want a bite of it anyway. White cheddar cheeses. We have thousand pounds of white cheddar cheeses. I get like a cheese stick. Exactly. Just something that I can pop in my mouth to fall back asleep. It's a problem I have. I know. Fall asleep sticking things down your throat. Yes. That's exactly how I work. Sucking dick in my dreams. (laughs) (laughs) and not on a podcast and not on a podcast so margaret is mad as fuck she was just like god damn it scott why would you leave this shit on the stove you could have burned my house down in a fire you know better you put the tupperware on my stove period and it's the real stuff because it's the 70s yep so she turns off the water, uh, dumps it out. Um, she's mad. She does not go to check in on the kids. She, in my mind, she says, she okay. He fell asleep and didn't come back to it. I'm going to cuss him out when I see him tomorrow. I'm not going to do but it tonight you because would, he has school yeah, in the morning. You would assume that if they were making a snack and it was still on the stove that they fell asleep and forgot about it. Exactly. So the next morning, um, as you do when you're a mom that likes to go out every now and again, she Margaret still got her ass up. And she went to work. She left the house about 8.30. She did not check on the children. She assumed that they were already at school. 
switch it there. You usually do it again, not exactly. mom shaming. This is something they exactly. Do. And we will not mom shame at all during this podcast because, again, she. Well, I mean, we might if you're a Republican. Yeah, um, she's do. She was doing her status quo. She was adhering to the day to day, and I mean, we do that. So Aunt Kathy, who these are not her fucking children, so she sleeps until noon because she can and she's on vacation. She wakes up, wakes up about noon. She, again, assume the children were at school. Nobody had any concerns about these children until Margaret received a call at work, basically stating your children were not at school. She says, hey, Hi, I don't my. This is so, so-and-so public schools calling about your child. So-and-so, so-and-so, they have been marked absent from homeroom today, May 1st, 2021. Exactly. That's actually, that's very good. That's, that's the exact message that she received. Um, and then she received the call again for her other child. Just and then they're like, hmm, this kind of she, stuff. These assholes out here, they overslept and now they're skipping school. Exactly. So she says to her boss, I got to go, her boss says, not today. You're going to stay right here. So Margaret, what does she do? She stays put. Because she has no reason to think that anything's wrong. She has wrong. no reason. Just that her kids are being assholes. That anything's wrong. So then after school, the Lepton children come over to find out why the Scott and Amy weren't at school. And that's when Margaret begins to panic. Because I assumed that they were at school all day. My sister was at the house. Now my kids are missing. Yeah, and now their friends who, if they were playing hooky, would have known that they were playing hooky and wouldn't have been like, oh, they didn't come to school today. Are they okay? Exactly. So at that point, the Alaska, I want to say Arkansas, the Alaska State Troopers were contacted. They came in to investigate. There were no signs of odd shit at the house. This case is so weird because there is literally no sign of anything at this house other than that... um, did the, the mac- macaroni on the counter. So hold on, I'm gonna get to it. So at that point, once she realizes that the kids are missing, Margaret starts calling her ex-husband or her soon-to-be ex-husband. I don't know where they were in their divorce process to try the to figure out like what's going on. I need your help. The kids are missing. So initially she can't get in touch with him. Um, she tries and tries and tries. Remember, he still lives in Arizona. Eventually she gets in touch with him because this is before cell phones. He flies out to Alaska and helps to look. And he's just like, I don't know where the kids are. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. He did it. Um, <laughs> I don't know anything so, about this case. He did it. So many people theorize that he would have done this to get back at Margaret um, or because they thought that she was a bad mother because during this time of their breakup, Margaret was going through um, a bout of alcoholism. She was really struggling with sobriety at that time. And so some people say that Roger would have taken the kids in order to punish her essentially for their breakup and to show get her because she's going out drinking and this is what could happen. Uh-huh. Exactly. And to get Amy away from her, because remember, Amy is his child. And there are actually um, reports. So the children, there have never been sightings of the children. There's never been anybody that says, I think I see these children. But so many people close to the family say that they believe what likely happened is that um, Roger came to the house, which he would have had to fly out there. So he had the money to fly out to Alaska while happened to time it while mom is away from the house went in to take Amy 
Scott, the older brother, became involved because, again, he was Amy's protector. He would have said something. He was the somehow killed. Of children. Exactly. He was sometime, somehow killed, buried, and Amy was abducted. So that but, seems like a loose theory, but Roger's girlfriend, Kathy, with a K, because there's two Kathys in the story, the sister and the girlfriend, um, she later tried to extort money from Margaret's family. She literally asked for fucking $5,000. That's all her ass asked for was $5,000. So she tried to extort money from the family stating like, if you give me money, I will tell you what happened to these kids. Oh, this didn't pan out. How Exactly. I'd beat that ass. I this did not pan ass. out. She didn't get any money. She didn't have any information. So nobody actually knows what happens to these children. So. I want to say it's the dad, but that's a, so knowing what I know about Alaska, you don't get a lot of flights to Alaska and unless they're right by the airport, he's not getting from Arizona to Alaska and back to Arizona in enough time for them to realize that they're missing to catch another flight to come out, to come look for them. Exactly. So that's, that's been a number one um, concern with that is like the travel in and of itself is just tedious. Um, there are also people saying like, they maybe an unknown stranger at the bar observed the children being taken home, later observed them being unsupervised and took them. Um, there's no evidence, obviously, to support this, but there's no evidence to support that the dad did it either. Last, and this, interestingly enough, until I heard, well, actually, this is not the last one. Um, second to last is Margaret and Kathy killed the kids. By um, Maybe they got, they were drunk and they fucked up. Exactly. Maybe something happened. They killed the kids. They hid the kids. And then they played. Well, to be fair, depending on their level of uh, intoxication they may not remember and then the trauma receptors in your brain block it out mm -hmm. like they could have done something and it just had been an accident because they were drunk mm -hmm. and panic and and then that be that, which probably seems like the most likely thing that happened. Well, so interesting. I thought that too, until I heard the next one. Mm -hmm. And it's that the Luptons did something to the kids. So they actually saw them. They were the last group of people to actually see these children alive because they knew that the mother had left the house again. She'd taken the kids home because the kids came over to their house and said, hey, our mom and our aunt just dropped us off. Can we play with your children? And so they were the last ones to actually see them alive. The problem with that is that there's no clear motive yeah, on like, what would have happened. But it's the fact that they were the last group of people to see these children like, alive and then they're never seen again. So here's here's my quandary with that. This doesn't seem like these kids, this is a lone event. It seems like this happens often where the kids are left alone and she goes out yep. to the bar. Why would they choose that night? What could have mm -hmm. happened that their kids didn't know? Like, I could understand if there, Interesting. Was an if there was an accident or something, but the kids would have known that something bad And then happened. they wouldn't have come over to the house. I didn't even come think over. about that. What that night would have said above all nights when there was somebody else at the house too, there was something out of the normal mm. that they would just go over there and be like, well, today's the day I'm going to kill you. 
Like, even if someone in that house say, you know, I'm not going to say it because we're not going to be triggering people. That doesn't seem like a night that they would do that. Okay. I give you that. Because she has, because people who like basically watch and stalk, which would be that kind of like intimate violence. Right. Would be most likely to happen with somebody, you know, would not happen when there's somebody from out of town visiting that's not normally there so i didn't think of it like that though i thought of maybe like an accident happened some type but then of the kids unintentional would have been there would all of the children have yeah been exactly though? all the kids might have been there so so unless they were like but okay, the parents said that they saw this light on late at night so they they said they didn't see the kids but they saw this light so they were watching that house after they went yeah. home and their children were likely in but then bed. they were already but didn't they go over and play with them before so they saw this light on after the children okay, had gone so, back home so they had already went home so or after they, they reportedly went back so home. if they reportedly went back home these kids already went to bed so the only thing that could have really have happened is after the kids went to bed and they're like, okay, guys, you have to go home now. What could have happened that they would have had to panic and hide their bodies instead of saying just, oh, they accidentally backed into them with a car or they accidentally did this. What could have possibly happened in that, what, two minutes where these kids are still awake and listening? Because what kids falls asleep right away after they're already hyped up playing with their friends? Because mm. your so kids are noisy. The mom and the sister then. Yeah, so dad couldn't have done it. It's just, but, I mean, he could have much time and space if he was going to hire someone he wouldn't have hired them to kill his kid he would have hired them to take his kid and bring him back her back rather yep so the only thing there's only two plausible explanations in here stranger which is always a i mean they could have saw an opportunity because they were cooking they were home they were getting ready for Mm. bed so it's not like something, a mistake, uh, accident happened in the driveway. Not, they were home. They were getting ready for bed. And the probability of it being a stranger unless they were watching this area is very low because it was so secluded. Yeah. So it had to have been the mom and the, so we will mom shame her if she killed her kids, but it had to have been the mom and the aunt or the aunt or someone. and they may very well not remember. Yeah, so that was because the whole thing. Yeah, especially if you're an alcoholic, you can get to the point where you're a functional blackout. So, and then your 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 brain will automatically block that that trauma out. Like of your I brain. don't want to remember that. I don't want to. But I just feel like it would have had to have been both of them yeah, because I can't. So sus. I mean, he was thirteen. So he wasn't yeah. a small child. He was Unless a 13-year-old. But the sister went to sleep and what something happened and well, I'm saying to like to, to harm both of them. Yeah, like, like it would have been too difficult for one person to have harmed both of them. Yeah, like no way. Somebody would like somebody who was passed out would have heard something. Yeah, and so there's a lot to this, um, but as of right now, they're still la- labeled as missing. Um, I have, oh, aliens did it. Missing on aliens. the Charlie Project website, which is one of our sources, and also through the National 
Center of Missing and Exploited Children. So Amy is believed to be, well, she is a Caucasian woman perceived to be, let me start over. So Amy is a Caucasian woman that would be in her 50s. Um, All of her age progressed pictures have her with blonde hair, which she had at the time that she was a child, um, and brown hair. (laughs) brown eyes (laughs) scott um would also be in his 50s obviously he'd be later into his 50s he is another caucasian male we're so close Um, 50s oh my god so he's another caucasian person um it's the whites for this one um he's all of his age progress pictures have brown hair he's got blue eyes if you have any information about this disappearance it should be forwarded to the alaska state troopers at 907-262-4453 or you can contact nick mick or the national center for missing and exploited children at 1-800-843-5678 or you can go on their website and report a sighting Um, yes and there haven't been any sightings yes please do that and then after you do that email us so we know actually yes because after we want to be call. yeah so after you find these kids we we want our like our praise for bringing we, this to honestly attention. we just want to be nosy and know what happened yeah because if this is like your, your mom or your dad like imagine if somebody's like watching like unsolved mysteries or um like uh, I was about to say America's Next Top Model. We are unsolved mysteries. Could you imagine if you're watching unsolved mysteries and you're like, and you mom? see the person? Like that's my mom. Is this mom. you? Like that, that looks just like crazy. you. That'd be that crazy. would bl- that blow my fucking mind. All right, really quickly. Um, this is a lot shorter than the last one. Um, it is also a missing child out of. Alaska. This one is much more recent. So this is the missing. This is the disappearance of Deshaun Leon McCormick. So there's quite literally almost no information about this case, which is insane because I thought this case was nuts from the beginning. So Deshaun McCormick was born on August 17th, 2007. So like almost a year after my son. Um, He's a biracial male with blonde hair and brown eyes. Deshaun has a U-shaped scar on the center of his forehead and a burn scar on his left leg. Oof. Got that from the Charlie Project. It is relevant on the off chance that you ever see this child. Like, that's a distinctive scar. <clears throat> exactly. Very distinctive. So, Deshaun's mother, Jasmine McCormick, left Deshaun with his father, Floyd Leroy Lee, in March 2012. So, Jasmine McCormick, Deshaun's mother, left Deshaun with his father Floyd Leroy Lee in March 2012 when Deshaun was four years old. Jasmine took her other children and moved to Alabama. Before we mom shame her, there are a number of reasons that parents will leave one child with a parent and take other children with and them. She felt and she felt she had to. It's usually around custody. So Floyd had primary custody of Deshaun. She could not take him out of the state. She did not have permission. What? I just saw a Twitter trend that you'll love. Excellent. So she did not have permission to take him out of the state, but she did have permission to take her other children out of the state. So 
what she said when she was speaking to investigation discovery was I had to make a choice to stay and die because she was in an abusive relationship or lose a child, meaning leaving Deshaun and take her other children and get them out of the Mm -hmm. state because she was no longer in a relationship with Deshaun's father. She had other children. She was in an abusive relationship with their father. She had to get those kids out because they were present for the abuse Mm -hmm. while Deshaun was living with his father and perceived to be okay. He wasn't witnessing and then experiencing this abuse so she actually took a very hard step yeah that's honestly the hardest decision one of the hardest decisions you could ever make as a parent and I do not envy anyone who has to make that choice and she had to make that choice so and she probably regrets it every single day every day every single day So Floyd had full custody of Deshaun and she left Deshaun with Floyd and Floyd's wife, Mary Transky. Mary Transky Transky sounds like a bitch. I don't know. I just feel like she's a bitch. bitch. She did it. She did it. So this is the part where there's no information, which is completely wild. So on April, this was in 2012 when Jasmine took her other children to Alabama and left Deshaun in Alaska. So in April, 2013, the actual FBI came to arrest Floyd and Mary on securities and mail fraud charges. So they were getting charged with federal fucking crimes in Anchorage, Alaska. And so when they- because they thought that something was going down, that's all they could get them on, just like with mobsters and shit. That's all they can get them on is tax evasion. And so they were just like, okay, we have these people on federal fucking crimes. They're going to arrest them. When they arrived to arrest them, Deshaun was not present. Floyd and Mary refused to say where Deshaun was, and he has literally not been seen since. Nobody has seen this child. The last time they killed him, it was reported that anybody had seen him was in July of 2012, and that's when his maternal grandmother saw him at a um, Fourth of July party. Um, they won't say where he was. His remains have never been found. He's never been enrolled in school again. There have been no sightings reported to the National Center of Missing and Exploited Children. He has literally gone. So there's one of two things that happened. And either of them are pretty good possibilities. One, they killed him and put him in the wilderness. Two, it was he gave him to someone in their family We actually have a case here in Connecticut where the mother was murdered by the father and the baby is absolutely Puerto Rico. There's no way that the baby's dead, but. Oh, was that the little, she's like two years old. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember that. Yep. She's still missing. Oh, wow. She's there's, she's not dead. She was the, the boyfriend is in jail. He's waiting on trial for killing the mother because of COVID. It got pushed back. Of course. He's not getting out of jail, but you know what? Who probably has her? His mother or his aunties. Someone in Puerto Rico has that baby. And so. And nobody's ever going to see that baby again. That is the two options that I came up with this. The thing about it is, is it can't happen in any state in the United States because any sightings are reported to the national. So what happens is, is Nick Quick gets the sightings. They collaborate with the local police to go check out the sighting to see if it's like, I mean, unless it just looks like total bullshit. I mean, they, they know what they're looking for and they're going to screen things in and out, but 
he has such distinct features. Oh, with that scar. It's not like he's, he's just got a generic little mixed boy. Like there's a ton of mixed boys. And on top of that, I mean, he's got very light eyes. He's got very blonde hair. Um, he's so obviously will- mixed child with very Caucasian features. Exactly. And so while that is a thing, logic, we all know you're biracial. Um, he's distinguishable. He's very distinct. And so he's never been enrolled in school. Nobody's ever seen a child that looks like him. So it's very possible he's either been murdered, like you said, or that was my other thought. He's been given to somebody, but it wouldn't be somebody in the United States because Alaska, we're right there with Canada. So we're either in Canada or in he's- Russia. He went to Canada and then went to a different country from Canada. And so before anybody realized that this was an issue, so there wouldn't have been any boatloads, there wouldn't have any been any issue. And if they're planning this ahead of time, like they knew that some shit was going down, they would have gotten false papers beforehand. And so they're already out of jail. Yeah. They they're out of jail. They're living in Alaska. Um, I believe they're separated. But this woman, she's never seen her child again. Um, very few stories on it. It's just at this point. I just point, want to believe he's alive and yeah, living and happily in Canada or Russia somewhere. But he's mixed in Russia. I don't want that him to be. Last. Yeah. No. But he could go many places in He's in the Cayman Islands. Europe. I'm saying he's in the Cayman Islands living his best life. So I'm going to, I'm not going to go with the Cayman Islands. I'm going to go with like a Norwegian or like a Nordic country or whatever like norway or denmark where you can be biracial you don't see a lot of it but you can be it mm-hmm. so and, that's what i'm gonna that's I my mean, guess he's probably dead but i don't want to believe he's damn dead. yeah and so that was my whole thing i was just like we've got these two options because he's never been seen again um but we will put an age progressed picture of deshaun on our mm-hmm. socials so deshaun would be 13 yes. years old now um, he'll be getting a little stashy stash yeah, he's going to get a little statue stash. If you have any information or any sightings um, in the d- disappearance of Deshaun McCormick, please contact the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children at 800-843-5678, the Anchorage Police at 907-786-8500, or the FBI Alaska at 907-276-4441. Yes. We're just going to hope he's in the Cayman Islands. He's yes. in the Cayman with he a bank his account. Best life and he doesn't know anything about anything because he was too young. And also a side note before we go to break and go with something a little bit more lighthearted. Um, if yeah. you ever feel like you need to call the National Center for Exploit- Missing and Exploited Children for any reason, please do. They pick up on the second ring. You will never get an answering machine. You will always talk to a real person. They will always take the information. And that goes just by doing a Google search and you find something that you feel is inappropriate, especially of an underage child. That is what they're there for. I know you don't want to click on the links, but save your search because they will ask for that information. So if you have seen any of these children, um, some now probably grandparents, um, or little Deshaun, who is going to get a little stashy stash and probably talking like this, yeah. Um, please call them. Uh, call the FBI. If you call the National um, Center for the Kids um, and you say you have a sighting, when I tell you, you will 
immediately be connected to you're not waiting on hold. You are talking to someone who could take your information and get it done and over with. You're off the phone in five minutes. Please do. Yeah. And you can also do that online. You can um, report a sighting through the and website. And you can be anonymous. Yep. You can be anonymous. You don't have to say who you are. They'll, if you say, hey, I think this is my cousin, for example, they will never say to that person, oh, your cousin said this. Mm-hmm. So that's what happened with Kamaya Mobley. Yes. That's how mm-hmm. she came home. Everything will be completely confidential unless the police fuck it up. So the national, the center for exploited kids will not fuck it up. Okay. So uh, with that heavy note, I'm taking a shot and (laughs) I will be right back to talk about the paranormal. So we are back and that was heavy. Yeah, so sorry about it. I am going to bring it down a little bit and I am going to talk about the Alaskan Triangle. So what the fuck is the Alaskan Triangle? I don't know. Tell me. So basically, it the long name is the Alaskan Bermuda Triangle. Oh. And um, it's going to be a very brief overview because there are literally in multi-episode shows on Discovery and History Channel about this whole thing. So you want to get into it, please dive into it. But there's no way that in this 25-minute segment that I can actually get to everything that happened. And quick side note, there is one episode on Missing missing in Alaska on History Channel, which you can stream for free if you have YouTube TV, of mermaids in Florida. Okay. Oh, oh, what's that place called? It's like Walkie Walkie Springs or something? I don't know, but they're over here like Elsa. Yeah. So... There's a Bermuda Triangle. Obviously, we all have heard of it. And it's between Florida, Puerto Rico, and the and Bermuda. Um, there's also, there's five of them total, I believe. And one of them is the Alaskan Bermuda Triangle. And apparently, it's much more deadly than the Bermuda Triangle. And it expands from Utkigavik, which is on, yeah, which is on the bottom, like center up to Anchorage, which is the top, and down to Janu, which is basically makes like an isosceles triangle. It covers tens of thousands of miles. Yes, yes, that kind of. And most of it is not only underdeveloped and undeveloped, it's unexplored. See, that is scary as fuck to me. There's so much land that they have not even gotten to because it would be a death mission to get there. So the first time it um, received widespread attention, this I just learned this today. This is all new information to me, was when U.S. House leader, which is basically Nancy Pelosi, back in 1972. When 1972, Nancy Pelosi. Yes, and uh, his name was Hale Bogg, who was also a Democrat. Not with that name. His plane vanished 
in the triangle in October of 1972 as it flew literally from one point to the other. It was one of the country's largest ever search and rescue missions. It included military aircraft, civilian planes, and 39 days of searching. Damn. So next October will be 50 years since the plane went down. (laughs) Nothing has been found. Not a single piece of the plane, not a single even joint of a finger. Nothing has ever been found of this plane, and nobody even really knows where it went down. I have goosebumps. Yeah. Fucking goosebumps at that. It's crazy. So you have to realize this search also included military intelligence, which in 1972, military intelligence was still a lot more than what we could have comprehended. We don't know the scope of military intelligence. No. So, and and we know that they exhausted every end because a house leader disappeared without a trace. This search would have been no holds barred. And he was officially declared dead in December of that year, about approximately 90 days after the plane went down. Damn. They yes. usually take a while to do that shit. Well, when when um it's like a emergency like with 9-11, with war, uh, well, with okay, natural disasters, sense. things like that, where they know that there's n- pretty much no chance of survival. After like it's just not gonna time. happen. Yeah, like with for example, 9-11, some of the un- some of these bodies were literally eviscerated. Yeah, okay. So that makes if sense. you were reported at work and you didn't make it out in a few days, you were you were dead. So, um, and honestly, the chance that you were just like, I'm going to go start a new life. That's Zero. what they say um, happened to, um, I forget, some Sneha something. And she was supposed to be shopping during the Twin Tower attack. And they were just like, there have been sightings of her all over the world. And I'm like, she died. She's dead. Why are you doing that to her family? Like, she's gone. Like... But um, I will say that his death did have a long-term positive change. Um, So the portable emergency transponder that was supposed to be on his plane was actually found on another plane. And they, they saw pictures when they were getting on the plane of another thing that looked like it could be a portable transponder, but it wasn't like hooked up to that flight. So it didn't really like do anything. Um, So they think that there was actually no transponder on that aircraft, which would have at least pinpointed when there was a sign of trouble Mm -hmm. or at least a general area where they went down, which for nothing, which would have at least brought their bodies home because it's a two engine, four person flight. You crashed, you're gone. So they could at least have had closure. Right. That transponder. But after that, Congress passed a law requiring that every civilian aircraft have permanent emergency locator transmissions, aka the little black box. That's what I was going to say. Yes. So um, I actually never heard about that. So that's crazy. I I heard about it last week, Windsor. Catch up. When I started doing research about this (laughs) shit. (laughs) So there are hundreds of searches a year for disappearances in this area 
And very rarely is there ever a trace found. And these aren't just plane crashes. These are people wandering into the woods. How far could they possibly go into the woods where you would never find anything about them? So what could it be? I'm thinking it's actually like tribes of like uh, people who live in the wilderness that we never actually saw because we don't explore the wilderness. Just like there's tribes in like some Caribbean, like South American countries. Why couldn't there be tribes there? Or that tribe off of, I think it's the coast of India. Yeah. Where, where that guy always, kept trying to make contact and they killed his ass. Kept trying to evangelize him. Yes. And that's what he got. He deserved it. Period. So, uh, I'm going to direct quote here from discovery.com because it's very clear and it's very concise. Back in 1950, a military craft with 44 passengers had disappeared without a trace. A Cessna 340 carrying a pilot and four passengers vanished in 1990, never to be heard of again. Dis disappearances without a trace are strangely typical of cases in the region, and the cases aren't rare. Since 1988, more than 16,000 people have vanished in the Alaskan Triangle. Are there even 16,000 people in Alaska? That's my question. This contributes to the annual filing of roughly four missing persons reports for every 1,000 people in Alaska. That's one out of every 250 people disappearing. And it's not a lot. I mean, that's that's a lot. That's like, that's they have the same number of people going missing. They have the highest per capita missing in the country. Airplanes have trouble navigating over it. And this is because of a negative vortex over the triangle, which is something that both the Alaskan triangle and the devil's triangle, AKA the regular Bermuda triangle has in common. Negative vortexes are masses of energy that spiral in a counterclockwise motion, creating a draining or depleting energy and it depletes the positive energies in its vicinities. Um, this is according to legendsofamerica.com, which they got their information probably from Wikipedia. Uh, they're believed to, in humans Same. to cause depression, nightmares, and audiovisual hallucinations. This could potentially create a toxic cocktail of delusions and then the plane's malfunctioning and causing them to go off course. So if, say, this negative, they traveled mm. through this negative vortex and it was fucking with the plane system, and on top of that is fucking with your brain, you could easily just take that thing into the side of a mountain and that be that. Okay. So that could be one natural explanation. So I don't like that one. That's fucking lame, though. So here's where this shit gets interesting. So I saw this in Aliens in Alaska, episode two. A, it, it's a whole series. It's on Discovery. A former U.S. Army military specialist went incognito on episode two of this. Incognito browsing. Got it. And, you know, with his face only showing his little beard and his, um, they were, so he moved after he retired he moved to alaska knowing that alaska was the safest risk from a nuclear attack so obviously he's kind of paranoid 
But I mean, if you were like one of the top, you had top security and you know all the government secrets, I mean, I think you're, it's fair to be paranoid. I think it's legit. That being said, he worked during the Cold War in a telecommunication center. He had top secret access um, clearance like most people in that department because their jobs were to make sure that the president had the information needed as quickly as possible. And basically they get transmissions and they decode them from whatever language, from whatever thing. So it's a whole group of people that they're experts in decoding. Uh, he uncoded a message in 1983 that had said, quote, Alaskan Black Pyramid and was meant for about 15 different commanders within a special vicinity of the units. So basically it, people within a telegraphing uh, distance of the pyramid. So and it gave a latitude and longitude of where this pyramid was. So obviously, this was 1983. They didn't have TomTom. They didn't have Google Maps. So they used they didn't a, have ways. They didn't have ways. Nope. They didn't know where the cops was. They used a desk globe to try to find the coordinates. So they put the, they basically estimated the coordinates on this little spinny globe like we had when we were kids. And they found that it was south, southwest, south, southwest of Denali. Um, I was going to say Arkansas, Alaska. See, it's hard. <laughs> they also said that they knew that they were sending out troops and they were shipping shipments of things like lights and whatnot to that general area in the middle of Alaska wilderness. So they're like, okay, that's sus. He thinks that the Black Pyramids were put there by the same people or aliens that did the pyramids in Egypt. Okay, so that's got to be aliens then, because how yeah, the hell did no the well. Egyptians get over there? What the fuck? Also, also, how the hell did the Egyptians put together those fucking pyramids? Like, how? How those? Well, that was fucking slave heavy. labor. But yeah, that was just fucking, slave labor. How? How? How did they do that? And what technology did they have to do that? But that's another. We'll talk about aliens in Egypt another day. Um. Okay. <laughs> They have been reports of sightings of aircrafts leaving and going into the mountain where this a black pyramid allegedly exists. And he, this isn't a lone event. There's hundreds of sightings of UFOs and aliens in Alaska, like more than 600. And most of them happen in the triangle. Uh, some common reports are those ominous feelings like a green light that's like all encompassing. A lot of people say that there's multiple red lights and they seem to be like playing with each other where they're not like flying in any uniform, but they're kind of like, you know, almost like a dog plays with their ball. Like they're kind of like playing with each other. And I think of like, yeah, and um, we use like lights to like with for cats oh whatever. yeah the laser lights i feel like those are aliens doing that to us basically actually that's really good so that's really good so rude just saying so in 1986 a japanese plane was flying from iceland to anchorage when it came across three ufos that followed them 400 miles throughout the triangle one of them was said to be twice the size of an aircraft carrier they reported flashing lights and the controllers 
the air traffic controllers witnessed unidentified items as close to five miles to the plane. According to uh, strangeoutdoors.com, the pilot claimed that at one point, two smaller ships appeared directly in front of the plane at pretty close range. He described the two small ships and the mothership disappearing and reappearing nope. quickly, moving fast and stopping suddenly, which is impossible for a normal airliner to do, especially in the 80s. Shut it down. <clears throat> in order to escape the UFOs, the pilot received permission from the ground crew to fly at a lower altitude while making several turns to elude the objects, but nothing he did could evade them. After about 32 minutes, the UFOs disappeared, although the pilot claimed that he had that he thought the encounter lasted much longer than that, which is also true of alien abductions, where you see like it seems like they were on the ship for hours and hours and hours and uh -huh. hours or days, and it was really like a half an hour, 20 minutes, 10 minutes, mm -hmm. five minutes. Because time is different. Like yeah. time is different and mm -hmm. different. According to some, there is an entire race of uh, aliens living deep inside Mount Hayes, which are said to be humanoid. And uh, a lot of this activity seems to be such around that, um, that mountain. And they aren't alone in these beliefs. There's actually an indigenous tribe I I saw and then I couldn't go back and find it mm -hmm. where story of my life where they act, they did believe that there was an entire alien race. They called them the ant men who were living in a mountain. So this isn't like the first time that this has been said, like at what time do you put truth to these things that people who didn't have the internet or like, any way to be like oh i heard this urban legend now and they say these things like you know so we are the deciding factor mm -hmm. so i am going to read verbatim from strange outdoors and their recount of a previously classified fbi document which is important to note in between like 1947 and 1950 there were a lot of classified documents about alien encounters in the um, Alaskan Triangle. Fuck. So, <clears throat> it, was in, it was in August of 1947 that a highly impressive account of a UFO incident involving two serving members of the military was supplied to the FBI at Anchorage. The report began, quote, this is to advise that two Army officers reported to the Office of the Director of Intelligence Headquarters, Alaskan Department at Fort Richardson, Alaska. Whoa that they had witnessed an object passing through the air at a tremendous rate of speed, which could not be judged as two miles per hour. According to the report, the UFO was initially sighted by only one of the two officers, but he alerted his colleague to the strange sight. Quote, the object appeared to be shaped like a sphere, but did not give the impression of being saucer-like or comparable to a disc. The first officer stated that it would be impossible to give minute details concerning the object, but it appeared to be approximately two to three feet in diameter and did not leave any vapor trail in the sky. We talked about that no two trails? weeks ago. No chemtrails. Damn. Being the experienced officer he was, mind you, this is also in the 40s. Being the experienced officer that he was in his first attempt to gauge the altitude of the object and from a comparison with cloud formations in the area, he determined that whatever the nature of the mystery sphere, it was cruising at a height of more than 10,000 feet. 
and it should be noted uh, that to be such a height and still be visible, in all probability, the UFO must exceeded by a wide margin the initial size estimate of two to three feet. Right, because that's fucking huge. Oh, yeah. Especially at 10,000 feet. Mm-hmm. You look like an ant. I am an ant. <laughs> uh, when questioned, the second officer gave a substantially similar account, the only marked difference being that, in his opinion, he considered the object to have been approximately 10 feet in diameter and compared it to, quote, half the size of a full moon on an ordinary night, end quote. This discrepancy in size was apparently due to the fact that the second officer believed that the UFO was more likely to have been at a height of three to 4,000 feet rather than an altitude of 10,000 feet as suggested by his colleagues. So that makes up for the difference in like the diameter. Right. The difference of opinion over the altitude and size of the object may or may not have been significant. The important factor, however, was that both officers agreed that some type of anon uh anomalous object had most definitely been seen and the report concluded quote the second officer pointed out that one of the remarkable features of this report was that it de- was definitely traveling against the wind oh no yeah like planes today still travel with the wind oh no uh shortly afterward the fbi office at anchorage reported to bureau director j edgar hoover mm. That, mm. that quote we have been able to locate a flyer uh who observed some flying object near bethel alaska in july 1947 to the report hoover continued quote the pilot related that the occasion the occasion of seeing the flying object near bethel was on a july day when the sky was completely clear of clouds and it being during the early part it is daylight the entire night right yes because people don't realize that in alaska depending on the time of the year you'll either have daylight all day for 24 hours or you could have night for 24 hours yep there is no daylight savings time nope so um the time of his sighting of this flying object was about 10 p.m and the sun had just dropped beyond the horizon Flying weather was extremely good, and he was coming into the Bethel Airport with a D-63. I'm sorry, DC-3. On approaching the airport, the pilot was amazed to see the hit, um, to see his left, an unidentified craft, quote, the size of a C-54 without any fuselage, end quote, which seemed to resemble a, quote, flying wing, end quote. As a result of its unique shape, the pilot was initially unable to determine whether the object was heading towards his aircraft or away from it and elected to make a 45-degree turn in an attempt to defuse any possible chance of collision. The FBI noted that the pilot was certain that the craft was free of any external power source, such as a propeller-driven engine, and exhibited no exhaust as it flew by. So that stresses quote. me out. Yes, that is actually from the FBI report that was classified at one time. That freaks me out. We all we all know that shit's only classified when they got something to hide. Yup. So let's play oh. devil's advocate, as I hate to say. So why? let's pretend it's not aliens we can pretend but we can pretend but there are some reasons that can explain some of these things i'm not gonna say all of them because aliens are the only explanation for like 90 percent of it but 
why do they see more than anyone else? I think it is a combination of them being in that triangle and it being so uninhabited that it's just clear night sky. Okay. So we're used to all the streetlights where you can't really see the sky right. as well as you would be able to if there was nothing going on, even in our neighborhoods. Right. It's still drowned out. So if you're also at this altitude, you're like, I actually saw one of these episodes where um, this lady and her daughter went to go outside to go watch the Northern Lights. Like you can literally see the Northern Lights from these houses. Yes. So they went out to go see the Northern Lights. They were like, oh my goodness, these are so beautiful. And they saw like about six red lights. Circle, like dots, like laser pointer dots in the middle of the lights. And they're kind of like going like, like kind of just like going in and out of each other. Do it again. Yeah. (laughs) Like playing in the Northern Lights. And both the mother and the daughter saw this. So... Maybe that's why they see more things that either are extraterrestrial, could be extraterrestrial, could be military, who knows, uh, that anybody else sees. Also, some natural ways, uh, we're going to end this on a boring note, to explain away some of these disappearances. Glaciers could have just swallowed these planes. Like, if they crashed and landed in a glacier, until that ice cap melts, you're in there. And if that point, yeah, and if you get to the point where the ice cap melts that much, we're all dead anyway. So, or um, they could have crashed into a mountainside, causing an avalanche. And depending on the altitude, the snow really never melts. Boo, go home. Yeah, but. There's really only one way to definitively explain everything. Aliens did it. Boom. That's it. That's what? it. That's it. I don't know where they're from. And that's but, not our job to know, honestly. No. And if the government wanted us to know, they wouldn't have these reports classified. Yeah. So. Assholes. Right. So that was our episode. Um, it was a little intense in the first half. We took it back in the second half. <laughs> you had me in the first half. So um, we are going to say good night now. Uh, so next week, we don't know what we're doing yet, but we'll see you next week. <laughs> and thank you for listening to tonight's episode of Thanks I Hate It. As always, our sources will be listed on the show notes um, on the website, tihipodcast.com. You can follow us on social media on Twitter, Instagram, T-I-H-I podcast. You can follow Brittany on Twitter at B-R-I-T-Z 1187. You can follow Windsor on Twitter at Windsor Reads. And remember to drink your water. And remember that you're that bitch and will forever be that bitch. And when in doubt, aliens did it. Aliens did it. Good night. Good night.